welcome to episode 24 of the Rawders Podcast. Of course, I am your host, the always everlasting, amazing Mr. Josh Lewis, the founder, editor, and everything fantastic at rawders.com. So this week, I have a special treat for you. Coming to you once again is the senior editor of Motor Trend Magazine, Johnny Lieberman. Uh, I had posted on Facebook uh, uh, this past, or actually last week, because you're listening to this on Monday. What am I thinking? As always, I record this uh, Sunday, the day before the podcast goes live, just in case anything happens uh, that I want to tell you guys about. Uh, but anyway, so uh, last week I had posted on uh, Facebook that um, the verdict was in, or the reviews were in, that uh, people kind of like the raw autos podcast and i had posted the the three reviews from the uh apple podcast um review section and people seemed to find it funny they were you know chuckling and and uh johnny said uh that um uh at least one of those uh stars was because of him and uh that i should call him this week and we should do another podcast so i did I sent him a text and I asked him if uh, if he wanted to chat and we, we got a day and a time together and yeah, he's just sitting at home bored in California and wanted somebody to talk to and yours truly is free, <laughs> not doing anything. So I bring that content to you guys. Uh, but before we get into that interview, it's not really an interview. It's, a, you know, a few questions, a little chit chat. Uh, sadly, his, uh, uh, fi was kind of going in and out. So there, uh, what, two or three times where, uh, uh, his call kind of drops and then it, it picks up randomly. Uh, but you can, you can still kind of understand what he's talking about and what he's saying. There's not really much you missed. Um, and then, uh, but before that. Uh, I just wanted to let everybody know I have a Hyundai Sonata hybrid in the driveway uh, that I'm reviewing. Uh, it is about thirty-five-ish thousand dollars, and it is very luxurious uh, and uh, very nice to drive. Um, yeah, you guys will see a review about that soon. Uh, coming up this week, you will have text reviews for the Mazda CX-30, uh, the Ford Mustang. EcoBoost High Performance Package Convertible, Lexus LS 500 Hybrid, and uh, next week you will have the Toyota Highlander. Um, and then the following week uh, we'll probably have the um, I'll probably have the Hyundai Sonata Hybrid review in another week or two up on the website. But yeah, so uh, I've been busy. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, hope you guys had a great 4th of July. Hope you stayed safe. Hope you social distanced. Hope you wore your masks, everything. Um, just remember the masks are for everybody else, not for you. If they wear their mask, then that's for you. That's for your benefit. Uh, if you both social distance, hey, even better. You give a shit about one another. Uh, if you do not, uh, then you really don't care about one another. Um, anyway, so, uh, I bought a new monitor, uh, not that anyone cares. I talk, I talked to Johnny a little bit about it, uh, more or less because I know that he couldn't give a shit less, <laughs> but I, uh, I bought this monitor, uh, pretty excited about it. I had, I had two 28 inch, 27 inch, whatever Samsung 4k monitors on my desk for uh past few years now, but three years now. And I liked the monitors. They were okay. Um, the problem was they, you know, they were 4k, but at the time when I bought them, 
uh, it was the cheapest option or not really. It wasn't really about cheapness at the time. It was really about they were available then and there. Okay. So I bought one monitor originally, um, because I had just bought a brand new MacBook pro. And so I wanted to pair it with a 4k monitor, right? Well, um, I don't know, maybe a month later. Well, when I was, after I bought the MacBook Pro, I went into Best Buy and I was looking for a good 4K monitor because the 4K and 5K monitors uh, that uh, Apple uh, show in their stores were from LG and they were crazy expensive at the time. Uh, I think the 27 inch 5K was. Uh, $1,200, $1,300. And I was like, no, good Lord. I had literally just spent $4,000 on the brand new laptop, right? Pretty much fully kitted out plus a three-year Apple Care Plus uh, warranty. And uh, and then there was um, a 24-inch model that was like six or $700. That was 4K. And I was like, no, because I want 27 or, or bigger, right? So I went into Best Buy and basically the best option they had was this 4K Samsung, it's 27, 28 inches, whatever it is. Um, decent monitor, nothing special. Uh, not the greatest for photo and video editing, honestly. Uh, it was okay. Um, but then a few months later, uh, I saw that Amazon were selling a refurbished one for ridiculously cheap, so I bought it. And I had two 27-inch monitors next to each other at my desk, and I finally just just manned up in a sense, and uh, went ahead and bought a new monitor because I'd been kind of getting more and more annoyed at these uh, having two 27-inch monitors on my desk um, that I didn't really like that much. They're okay, but they're not my favorite. Uh, for daily digesting of content, fine. But when you're actually creating content, they weren't the best. So I purchased this uh, $950 monitor from MSI. Um, it is a 5120 by 2160 panel. Uh, from what I read, it has basically the same specs and the same panel or similar panel to the LG uh, model that's basically the same it's 5120 by 2160 as well uh, it's a 32 inch ultra wide monitor so it's essentially kind of like two uh, essentially equal to about two 27 inch monitors right next to each other uh, it's a very nice monitor beautiful but i'm having massive issues with it uh, connecting to my macbook pro uh, and it's been a pain in my ass in fact i had to update it uh, but you can't update it from a mac uh, I had to call my nephew, get him over here with his, uh, uh, windows laptop. He updated it, uh, with me and, uh, it was killing me cause I, I have a, I have a, uh, like just an old cheap windows laptop that I've had around for years just for the sake of things like this. And I, for the life of me, I cannot find it. I have no idea what I've done with it. Um, None of this matters, by the way. I, I get that none of this matters to any of you. But I'm just letting you know that I'm slightly annoyed at this monitor. But the one joy slash bright spot has been uh, this Sonata Hybrid that I have in the driveway. Um, not hugely crazy about the looks, but I am very, very crazy about the driving style. Um, I think it's a nice, nice car, very comfortable. 50 miles per gallon city. 54 miles per gallon highway um it, it's it's a beast um 
and you could still uh, there the hybrid batteries do not uh, interfere with the trunk which is great you could still uh, put uh, the seats down partially there's like a basically like a uh, a small hole that you can put the seats down and slide something through nothing huge it's not like full seats down sort of thing kind of hole uh, but it's usable and uh, really so far i really really like it it's comfortable and i like the uh, positioning of all the buttons it, it, it's very well laid out very well thought out uh more than anything well engineered so far from what i can tell uh from driving it had a few days and i uh, really really like it again and um yeah oh and uh, no call back about the m3 yet still have not heard anything from the guy and uh it's still for sale as far as i can tell uh, maybe he hasn't just taken it down on Craigslist. I don't know, uh, but it's still for sale and he's also added new pictures and yeah, that's it, but still for sale weeks and weeks later. So we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, I hope you guys are going to have a fantastic week. Uh, this is the 24th episode of the Rawdus podcast. At some point, I feel like I'm going to have to take a, a breather um and do a season two basically take a couple weeks maybe a month or two and and uh, kind of get some content together and actually uh, start a season two uh, but until then I really I don't know I don't know when I should do that so you guys uh, I don't know you let me know <laughs> I don't know if I should do 24 episodes and then take a break or 25 or 34 or 114 and then do a second season uh, but we will we will see uh yeah probably i will probably do two more weeks of podcasts and then after that probably take a uh a one month breather to get some content together for for everybody and uh as always as well please like share comment subscribe uh do everything even if it's a bad comment even if you hate me please go right ahead doesn't bother me uh, feel free to shoot me an email, josh at rawdas.com. Let me know you love me, you hate me, uh, you're indifferent to me, whatever. And uh, without further ado, just going to let you get into the interview with Johnny. And uh, we have a nice conversation, and I hope you guys like it. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, good. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know what's funny? You are the only no. person that for some odd reason over the last like few weeks that I've talked to on the podcast, every person for some odd reason, I end up having troubles, uh, like between the phone and the, the, the actual recorder and everything. You're the only person that I've talked to in probably a month and a half, no issues whatsoever. Well, you've had no issues with me, no issues with you. Yeah. No issues with you. Oh, I'll give you some issues. You just wait. <laughs> yeah. My, inter my internet will become unstable or something stupid will happen. Cause oh. I've been doing like, I've been doing zoom, like constantly like recorded zoom stuff. And it's just like, uh, your internet's unstable. Could you do another speed test? And I'm like, yep. 66 <laughs> megabits or whatever. <laughs> well, I love when, uh, listening to Howard on his zoom, you know, shows <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah. at like, what is it at like 1030 or whatever? His internet just, you know, beats the yeah. dust because uh, all of his neighbors get on the internet. 
Um, well, I had that happen one time. I was recording, and they're like, your internet's just gone, and I could hear my wife was working out with her trainer via Zoom. So, like, every minute, I'm like, I'm like, use your phone and turn the Wi-Fi off. <laughs> so, you know, you, you told me that you... I asked you last night, how are things going? And you said uh, that you wanted to talk about it today or that you would talk about it today. So I'm kind of curious. Is there news or something? Is something going on? No. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm fine and I'm bored. I thought, uh, I thought you were going to tell me that you became the new editor-in-chief of Motor Trend or something. And I was like, oh, no, man. No, no, I'm not, I'm not editor-in-chief material. No, uh, no, nothing. I'm, uh, I'm just driving cars. That's, I do that two hours a week. <laughs> the rest of the time, I sit around my house uh, wondering why I'm not going anywhere. So, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, uh, nothing, nothing up at all. Nothing. <laughs> to be fair, though, you've been driving some pretty dynamite fucking cars. Oh, hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Bro, let's talk about that. So, you've had Turbo S, right? Uh, three. Okay. So, you yeah. had Turbo S and Turbo S Cat, three right? Three different Turbo yeah. S's, and I drove the same one like twice in about a three week period what the hell this is this is ridiculous this is why this is why motor trend is motor trend we people the people that have the cars they say i can give the i'm doing a motor trend plug right here everybody (laughs) i can give the cars to anybody and we want motor trend to have them more because their time with them is more valuable um and that's life in the big city so funny that you should say that because every time somebody finds out or I tell somebody or, or whatever, they ask what I do and I say, oh, you know, I review cars or I'm an automotive journalist, right? You know, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you do that whole spiel, right? And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you know, of course, you know how it goes. People then ask you a billion questions. What's the best car? And then you end up offending them because you tell them that their car is a piece of shit and not realizing that they uh, own I that usually, car. Yeah, I, mean, I, I usually get, they go, oh, what should I buy? I say something and they, then they buy a Prius and right. send me a picture of it. <laughs> right, yeah. they do the exact opposite, right? So yeah. but I, I always laugh because <laughs> people always say, oh, what's the coolest car that you've ever reviewed? And, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, I, of course, I talk about maybe a Porsche I've reviewed or something like that. But I always say one of the best cars I've ever reviewed or, or had the most fun and enjoyable experience with was a Mazda 2 and most people's I mean oh yeah go ahead <laughs> most people's faces just like oh, I thought you were going to say something cool you know like a McLaren I'm like no I'm I'm not that popular or famous and I always usually say I'm not Johnny Lieberman or Matt Farah so those two guys they get literally anything and everything and yeah I, but just remember Farah gets his cars after I'm done with them but go ahead go ahead <laughs> Like right now, I have a, a Hyundai Sonata hybrid in the driveway, and you've had, uh, you had the the Turbo S, you had the McLaren, um, three three Turbo S's. <laughs> you keep saying the Turbo S. I had three different ones. And then you had an AMG GTR. What what was it or GTC? Uh, G- GTR Roadster. GTR I had Roadster. a McLaren 720S Spider and a McLaren GT. Uh, Porsche Speedster, oh, which right. is the best of all of them, right. by the way. Uh, by a lot. I had uh, last let's see. Last week I had the Camaro. Camaro. It was a really weird one actually. It was it was an SS and then like dealer installed parts to turn it into a one LE clone. <clears throat> it, was, it was a very strange car. That's, I, I, that's I, weird. It made no sense. It was a sixty two thousand dollar SS. It's just like that's not a one LE. Yeah. It wasn't a one LE, yeah, but it, but it had like one LE suspension, one LE tires. Uh, it had the wing off a ZL1 one LE. Um, That's it so was, weird. It was a strange car. It was great. It was, it was really cool, but I just I wouldn't buy that car. 
Um, that, it's, it's for a very special Camaro fan. I, I felt as though General Motors took the right approach when they made the Z28, and they made it so that other Camaro owners couldn't go and buy OEM Z28 parts. Um, because I was like, hmm. the, so at least in the beginning, I don't know how it is now, but in the beginning, basically in order to order an OEM Z28 part from General Motors, you had to have a VIN, right? And okay. now, now, of course, a thousand companies make, you know, copies of all the Z28 parts. Because, sure. And But the one thing I, I was, ex I was happy in that moment because I was like, great, I won't see 400,000 V6 Camaros running around with everything Z28 completely oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and because I, I live in middle of nowhere North Carolina and that's so uh, people do that sort of thing every day you see a it's like I lived in Florida for a short period of time and it's the same thing as in Florida everybody has a BMW or, or a Mercedes-Benz badged with an AMG or an M badge that's not oh, it's a it's a it's a crisis in Florida it is I I, I um years ago I did the um the uh, what do you call it Barrett Jackson auction in, mm -hmm. in West Palm Beach and um I was actually up on stage because uh Mike Joy the voice of NASCAR his wife was sick so I was on stage for two days having never been to or watched Barrett Jackson they threw me up there <laughs> uh but um they were like oh thank God you're here because we get all these uh like uh, what do they call late model cars we mm -hmm. don't know anything about them and every single every single one uh mercedes was was badged amg and i and i was like guys it's really simple if there's three numbers it's a benz <laughs> and if there's two numbers it's an amg so an sl 500 amg is fake uh you know uh, it, it, that's just how it is and they were like oh <laughs> it is annoying like, as hell yeah and so the, i think the dealers just they you know because barrett jackson um uh, uh, you know the 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 high-end stuff at barrett jackson is like you know it's some cool stuff but right. uh, you know it's it's i forget how many days of auctions there are but a lot of it's just like dealers are blowing out their inventory and like you know why buy a car from a dealer when you can go buy it at barrett jackson it's kind of fun um but i think they just badge everything amg to like you know they think it'll help it sell raise the price a little bit but yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird. I um, mean, I I see it at auction. I saw it in um I, I saw a, a years ago an SL uh, five hundred Benz that was like an O three or O four, right? One of those, you know. Um, yeah. After they changed the body style, right? And this guy was rolling around. He had, um, he had AMG uh, an AMG badge in the back. He had regular yeah. SL five hundred exhaust. He had an actual SL fifty five AMG badge with standard SL500 exhaust, or SL550 well, exhaust. No, it was SL500 at yeah, that point, yeah. But, I mean, that, that's not so bad, because he at least removed the, the 500 badging. He at least the did one, that. The one I'll never, I'll never, I remember when the X6 came out, this dude put M badges all over his M6, <laughs> but he left on the uh you know the what what are they had it back oh, like x35 yeah x35 yeah, x drive yeah. i or whatever <laughs> he left that on so he had left the v6 or the straight six badge on and then put an m badge <laughs> and and they were like m badges off of like uh you know an e46 so they're relatively <laughs> tiny you know what i mean so yeah, like for the such a m badge is smaller than the 35 <laughs> It, it was crazy. I was—I remember I was in Koreatown. It was this white X6, 
and I was just staring at this car like, what? Like, who are you fooling? <laughs> you know? I, I don't and understand I it. Like, the, the only people that would be impressed by the M badge are the people that know it's fake. So, like, right. why would you do that? Right. Yeah. Well, I guess, and, and can we also talk about the weird naming scheme of BMWs over the years? I mean, of course, you know, they've kept the, you know, the X6, the M, the 3 Series, all that stuff. But, you know, like when the Z4 came back out, it was the Z4 S Drive 30i, and then the 35i, and like what? Yeah, I mean, it, look, I mean, look, S Drive was rear drive, X right. Drive, X Drive was all wheel drive. drive. The problem is when they came out with front drive cars, then it's like, <laughs> uh, what do we do? Um, so yeah, I, that never bothered. I just thought it was like inelegant. It, it was. I never found it very confusing. Um, I never found it confusing. I just found it like just too much. I just felt like it was just too much to say in terms of, you know, like I would talk to people and I'd say, oh, what kind of car do you have? And they would give me the exact name of their car. I'm going, oh, Jesus. I remember when it was just, oh, I have an E46 325CI. You know, it's like, I, you know, I, I just remember those days. Yeah, I guess. it's a thing too because you used to be able to, you know, just tell everything about a BMW. They really had a perfect system, yeah. you know, like, you know, oh, it's a, it's a, I'm making that. I'm blanking. I can't remember. Like normal, you know, it's a 335i. Okay, so it's a, yeah, it's a three series. It's a, a well, 35. For, I guess it's for 3.5 liters back in the day. Like, what, no, was, I guess there was it never was only a, a three liter. Yeah, it was only a yeah. Three so liter. sorry. So the 335 was always fake. All right. So sorry. It is confusing. <laughs> so now, anyway, yeah. Technically, technically, yeah. you could say the 335 had the it well had the N54 engine and then it had an N55 so the 3 could have been the 3 series then the 3 could have been the 3 liter and then the 5 could have been the N55 but you know or the N54 no that's a stretch but, no, but like, it, was perfect. It, was, it was a 3 series 3 liter gas engine and then if you had a 330D you know it just it just made sense right um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it doesn't drive me too crazy. I'm always sort of like, they're always like, you know, oh, there's no more, like, car names. That's why we have to do it. I mean, it, Germans always did off in America stuff. It doesn't really bother me. But, you know, like, other, like, you know, Cadillac. Like, oh, we, you know, there's, we're out of names. We have to be CT5. It's like, no, you don't. There's a billion <laughs> names out there. How is it that, know? if that's the case, Lamborghini and Porsche come out with a name for everything? You know? Yeah, or, you know, like, like Kia can come up with a name for everything. Exactly. You're not, you're not just... Yeah, you know, like, like, right. it's, it's yeah, it's, it's it's nonsense, you know. Yeah. But um, now, what it is is, I mean, I, I've, I've I've talked about this a million times, but the alphanumeric thing is two things. One is you had a bunch of MBAs who all went to the same business school and they took some class on like you know uh, competitive branding, and they're like, right, who's number one in the second in the segment? Then you must make your cars like them. So you know, BMW and Mercedes have alphanumeric nonsense accurate you got you're not selling a lot all right it's the name of your car it's not the cars it's the name drop legend and replace it with rl that's that's the winning formula because you know no one you know why would i buy a legend when i can buy an rl so it's just it's nonsense right they're taught nonsense in school but then the other thing and and this i think is uh is, is boomerang is boomerang back and actually starting to hurt uh car companies because people are always trying to do like families of cars now like mm-hmm. today you know like a bunch of new hellcats drop so there's you know there's there's just like hellcat is has superseded the dodge brand right. and it, 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 they can charge but it used to be the gm execs they'd, like they kill themselves because people would say my porsche mm-hmm. they would never say my chevy 
they'd say my Corvette. They wouldn't, you know what I mean? So right. if you had alphanumeric nonsense, you know, you never say, oh, my 500 SEC, <laughs> you'd say my Benz. Right. And so they think in terms of marketing and, and, and branding only, and they, they, they can't, they, they just, you know, and because they, they, they aren't car people, they can't think in terms of product. They can only think in terms of brand because they might get a job working for Coca-Cola tomorrow. <laughs> um, so they're like, oh, we have to, like, we have to get rid of Eldorado because why would you want an Eldorado city of gold when you could have, you know, an XT6? So right? it's it's just it's, it's just nuts. It's just totally nuts. So, um, yeah, it, 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 name names are the way to go. Like now, Mercedes and BMW and Audi to a lesser extent, like they never had names, so it's fine. Right, they've been they, doing they, the same they, thing forever. Yeah, yeah, but everybody else get the names back. And come on, Cadillac, like I mean, Cadillac is. They're coming. Their names are horrible, but they're <laughs> they're coming back with lyrics spelled wrong and and. Uh, I forget the other ones, but it's just, yeah. But they're coming back with names, so that's good. I will say the one thing for me, because I grew up as a GM in a GM family, right? And so the one thing sure. that did make sense for me was uh, Cadillac, their original naming structure, structure, because they had the Seville and the Katera, and they went to the STS and the SLS, which was the Seville Touring Sedan and the Seville Luxury Sedan. And then they had... It was um, still garbage. It was still garbage, and nobody, nobody, look... At that point, it was just straight garbage. It's, Nobody's like, oh. It, but my only thing is it's better. Like, CTS made sense to me only because I, you know, I knew the Cadillac name for years with Katera. Then, you know, they just bring out the CTS years later. But now I think it's just, it's, you know, XT4. And then they've talked about, I, I think, what was it, like five or seven years ago? They, they Maybe it was a joke, but there was a rumor that they were thinking about renaming the, the Escalade. Um because they were like, oh, well, it's got to fit the naming structure. But the Escalade is basically like the yeah. Corvette of Cadillac. You know, like, you can't rename it's the Escalade. Yeah. 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 Don't touch a winner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and again, like, but then, then, look, the other thing is when, when companies Girl. stumble, uh, when brands stumble, like, you look for the easy fix. Like, oh, we could engineer a better platform that meets the demand of the consumers, or we could spend millions of dollars you know uh which is just writing checks there's actually no work <laughs> right. involved yeah um you know small or i should say much smaller checks uh you know just changing the names of stuff and and, and that's what happens and it's unfortunate um i don't get too hung up on it but but again like i mean I, you know i just every time i talk to actor i'm like yeah your sales are down and you don't sell the legend and the integra like right come on right you know come on well, and it's like Infinity. Yeah. You know, I feel bad for Infinity because I th I think they're a good brand. I think they make good cars, but I, I'm like, yeah. you do? Well, I think Which they one? have. I should. Well, I should. I, I should readdress it. I'm sorry. They have. In when the past. did Infinity make a good car? <laughs> the G35 was pretty good. It was. It was decent. You know, it was like. But the sixteen biggest, years ago was really good. And that was the problem. Is sixteen years ago they're they're well, stuck. Sixteen years ago it was it was, it, it was better than the three th series sixteen years ago. Yeah. The problem is. You know, it, it stood still and everybody right. else's, you know. Well, then everybody that ended up buying it used uh, just mm -hmm. destroyed the brand from there, I think. Infinity, used I mean, Infinity that, guys are like, whoa. I, I don't know. I don't know how much that destroys the brand. I mean, it, it's it's like, you know, I remember there was a, uh, there was a the Northern California uh, BMW 8 Series Club when values of 8 Series, like, you know, got down around a thousand bucks. They actually just it because like you know uh, uh unsavory element for buying eight series and trying to join the club um but like did it hurt bmw any like nah 
No, I, I don't think well, that. the eight series I think is iconic. I think one of the problems with that people saw it, at least this is in the south of of America here, where I live. You know, kind of the armpit, sadly, of of the United States right now. But at least here, you have a lot of young teenage kids or like young adults that would go out and buy just hundred thousand, hundred and thirty thousand mile G thirty fives. And they would go nuts thinking that it's it's their modern day Supra or their modern day 300ZX, and sure. it just ridiculously loud exhaust. They would they race they try and race everybody. God, I drive my GT350 anywhere on the highway, and if I if there is any used Infinity driving around, it is trying to race me. And I'm like, get away from me! Just leave me alone. Right, right, they right, just right. antagonize everybody. I saw a. Uh, I saw a G35 race a um, an older Acura TL Type S, and I was like, "What is this? This is the worst race of all time!" Like, they but were- who does street racing? I mean, in like the last <laughs> ten years, I've had one guy street racing. Actually, it was pretty funny. I was in the um, I was in that McLaren GT, oh. and a dude in a 392 Challenger kept like trying to race me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not even a thing anymore. Nope, I think you cut out. I, I had to get on a different. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, but anyway, so uh, I had to get on a different freeway, and I, and I had a lot of empty freeway in front of me and an on ramp. And I buried that thing. And as, as Jeff Robinson says, all McLarens make 800 horsepower. And uh, <laughs> I left him so for dead. It was like, I don't know. I don't know what he thought. But well, I, like, I mean, I guess there's there's something where I did talk to a guy years ago that said that he liked to try and run up on supercars. And I, I can't remember what he had. I think he had like a 335 souped up. I think is what it was. And he told me that he liked to run up on supercars just to hear the noise when they take off. And I'm like, that's... I get that. I get it, but I was like, it's cute and all, but, you know, you could cause a serious issue. <laughs> you know, like, somebody could do something kind of stupid. You know? Nope. Oh. I saw a dude in the E39 M5. We raced for, like, 30... Um, <laughs> Wait, sorry, you cut out there. What'd you, what'd you say? We raced, and I kept up with him. I hung with the dude. And, um, oh, I just I, I raced an E30. I had, a, I had a WRX wagon in 2002. Oh, yeah. This is when I got it. And uh, this dude, had a, it, was a, it was a blue E39 M5. And um, we raced on the freeway for like 30 miles. It was crazy. Like, <laughs> like we went from like downtown LA to like, I think I exited in like Calabasas or something. Um, but uh, I remember he was wearing gloves, you know, like leather driving gloves on. <laughs> and he was wearing like like horrible pilot sunglasses. And, and I was just totally keeping up with him, which was, you know, kind of the point of the of the WRX. And I remember when I was getting off the freeway, I like saluted him and he flipped me off. I'm like, yes. Wait, so I, wait, I get it. Was I get this it. Alex Roy you were driving, you were racing? <laughs> oh, this is about 10 years before Alex moved to California. No, it's just some, <laughs> just some dude. It might have been black, right? In my mind, it's blue with black wheels. But it, this was like... 18 years ago i would never flip somebody the bird if they if they could hang you know what i mean like it's like i think it makes it more enjoyable um yeah i just think he was embarrassed because like <laughs> why was this little japanese station wagon like hanging with him 
and he was, we were going for it. We were using all five lanes. It was really dumb. Kids, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was fun. Whatever you do, don't these don't yeah, do don't, it. Just don't. Don't do what I did 18 years ago. Right. It's really dumb. When it was relevant, yeah. by the way. I feel like street racing now has just it's it's like I mean it was always pointless, but now I, I feel <laughs> like it's never. It, it proves even less now because cars are so every car is fast. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, even it's come with 300 horsepower now. So. Exactly. Like everything, like zero yeah. to 60 is almost useless at this point. You know, it's it's like, okay, how fast can you get to 150 now? You know? Yes, yes. Uh, some cars are pretty fast getting to 150. Actually, I drove, speaking of cool cars, I had, I had, that, I had that VF engineering um, Performante with a supercharger on it. Oh, and yeah. uh, that thing can get to 150 miles an hour, like by blinking. It was, it was. <laughs> absolutely nuts that's uh you know okay the, the, the performante is a you know 10 second car right. out of the box and then you you add 200 horsepower and like 140 pound feet of torque uh, and you do it in a very you know nice way just screaming screaming crazy car that's one car i really would like to drive is the is the performante because i feel like it is like the kind of like the the perfect modern day italian supercar or hypercar really it's great yeah it's great it's just you know it's got that engine which is perfect uh yeah, and plenty of power it it's hot looking mm-hmm. um they did a great job with like you know tires suspension uh you know steering feel uh power delivery brakes all that all that really important stuff they nailed everything and it's just yeah it's just great and the noise it makes it's just such a cool car and it's it it's gorgeous it it is to me that yep. is a, a a perfect modern day iteration of what made lamborghini so special in the beginning and yep. then you know moving into the countach and the diablo and yeah um, yeah, yeah no i i you know the the, the Uracon is the uh third best looking lamborghini of all time and the uh performante is the best looking Uracon. so yeah right exactly yeah there you go yeah so now i have a bunch of random questions for you since you've been sitting at home bored you've been doing nothing you it's know. so bored <laughs> so i want to go somewhere so uh we'll come come to north carolina <laughs> where, where... no way you guys are as out of control with covid as we are no way <laughs> So, um, yeah, and it is a Actually, massive... real quick, I was supposed oh, yeah, to go ahead. to North Carolina for, for work, and I remember I was talking to a lady, and I'm like, I'm just sorry, I'm just not doing it. Like, I just, you know, like, at the, at the time, California seemed to have everything under control, and I'm like, I just I can't do it. I don't blame and, you. And, uh, yeah, now everything here is out of control, so <laughs> we're... we're, we're Dude, we're, we're equal to North Carolina. But anyways, go ahead. Yes, I, I, living in North Carolina. I mean, of course, I you know I wear the mask. I yes, it's hot. It sucks. Like even it, I go uh, pick up my mom to take her, you know, different place. Like if I take her to a doctor appointment or something like that, you know, I just kind of help my parents yeah, out yeah. with all stuff. And but I wear the mask when I'm driving in the car, you know, with her. Like I I, I wear it an entire day if I'm anywhere around her or in their house. I, I'm just like. I'm yeah. so, like I just I refuse to 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 budge on this political horseshit of it, and I think it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm just doing me. You know, it, I'm just yeah. And also, it's like it's it 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 you know it, it works and it's it's really simple. It's right. Not, yeah, it's not that. It's really not a big sacrifice. It's, so. it's more of a sacrifice for people with glasses. And I always say the same I, I thing. Have glasses. People, yeah. Yeah. I know. So I, I always say the same thing to people who who question why I wear the mask. I say the same thing. You know what? Look, you don't have it so bad. My glasses fog up, and you know what? I shut up. I just wear the fucking mask. I just I yeah, go about just, my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. 
you know? Yep, yep, yep. So anyway, so... Um, Anyways, random questions. Random yes, questions. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day because you said you wanted to you said you wanted to chat on my Facebook status, and uh, I was writing a, I was in the middle of writing one of my reviews, right? And I was thinking, how long does it take you to write a review from start oh, to finish? That's a good question. Uh, well, a uh, single car or a comparison test? Uh, both. Let's try. Let's go with both. Single car, normally four hours. Really? Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah comparison test five okay yeah i mean it's not a very exciting answer but no no um, no, because i think that you know when i first got into this i i I thought this you know the question when i when i first started reviewing cars like i would sit down with a beer or you know with a you know a nice whiskey or something like that and i would kind of get into my reviews kind of get my you know kind of relax myself and stuff and sometimes it would take me six or eight hours just to write a full review and of course as you get you know older into this process and you get better and you find more of your voice right you get a little bit gets a little bit easier but one thing i i find it that never gets easier is sometimes you just get that block you know and you're just like there's one paragraph that you need to go in there and you just can't write it properly and it, it's a it becomes a pain yeah i don't i don't get that me i just get i just have ocd and get distracted uh oh, not OCD, same here ADHD. ADD, yeah. i just get i just get distracted but i um the, the best uh best book you can read about writing is a stephen king book called on writing mm-hmm. and um because he's like the most prolific human being in history basically and he talks about his process and he's like i write from eight to noon every day i write two thousand words a day and so so for me like a, a motor training comparison test is about two thousand words mm-hmm. um so i could do it in four hours but i i, I do it in about five uh and then uh a, a, a single car review can be up to two thousand but usually it's more for me like more 1500 words and mm-hmm. i can i can kind of do that in four hours so that's how i approach it is i want to i want to um i want to carve out four hour chunks of time and use less adverbs and that's that's <laughs> that's my secret to writing which i 100 percent stole from stephen king less adverbs writing four hour blocks and you're good to go that's it's interesting you because i read an article with him talking about the fact that he does write, you know, 15, 20, or, um, uh, not 15, 20 minutes every day, but basically he writes from, you know, he has like office hours of writing, right? Yeah, and, yeah, it, it's noon, which yeah, is great. It's noon, like yeah. you said, yeah. And which is amazing, which is really great. And it, it it's, I, I heard somebody criticize Stephen King years ago, you know, for the fact that he's put out all these books and only a certain amount of them have actually been a success and turned into movies. And I always thought that that was a dumb criticism. Because I've always thought, well, <laughs> yeah, he's he's writing content whether you think it's a New York Times bestseller or not doesn't matter because there are millions of people that enjoy the content regardless, you know. And of course, now when we get into a global pandemic, when it's like every bit of content <laughs> yeah. matters, and Stephen King has four hundred thousand you know stories and books out there it's about like, global pandemic, yeah, yeah, exactly, literally. And it's like, oh, Stephen King had it right for his entire yeah. career, you know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I look, I'll, I'll admit that I, you know, I haven't even tried to read Stephen King except for that book. Um, <laughs> but since that's not fair, actually, when we were living this two houses ago, I read an anthology, and it was look, it, it was, he had one awesome story in there, 
and uh, then like three duds. One of them was called The Library Police, which is, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, the book Four Past Midnight, but The Library Police, not a good story. <laughs> um, but, like, hey, you know, uh, is every review I've written good? Like, no. You know, I, I, I think, in, you know, if, I, if I'm honest with myself, I think I've written like one good review in the last five <laughs> years. Yeah. yeah. And that was actually at the Aston Martin DBS Super uh, Legera Volante. That was oh, a good review. Such a good car, Great. too. Beautiful oh, car. Ah, just and just just a dream machine. Just a just all your all your worries, all your whatever, everything <laughs> people think uh, matters when it comes to cars. It all just melts away, and you're just driving like one of the most amazing vehicles ever made. I've, and it's beautiful. I've been yeah, trying to convince my dad. Good. My dad's been wanting to get another Aston Martin for years now. Um, and uh, I've been trying to convince him on that one. That's obviously it's a it's a you know special, very very extremely expensive car. Uh, yeah, base price three hundred grand. Yeah, yeah no, no. Yeah. I told yeah, him. I yeah. said, look, just take some of my inheritance. Uh, look, I'll I'll loan it to you. It's fine. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> you pay me back every month. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so uh, another another random question. Uh, I've got about yeah, like, yeah, five yeah. random questions for you. Will no, you? Go, yeah, it's great. Will you ever trim your beard? I know you've trimmed it to be a mustache before, but will you ever? I mean, you're kind of like ZZ Top in in the automotive community. <laughs> like you, you know, Gillette's going to offer you a million dollars to shave your beard for Motor Trend or it, something. It's funny. It's funny you say that. Uh, uh, years ago, when I first started, I remember I showed up and I'd shaved my beard off. <laughs> Um, and Angus like flipped out. He's like, "What are you, Angus McKenzie? What are you doing?" And I'm like, oh, "What do you mean?" And uh, he's like, "He's like, mate, why do you think I have long hair? It's because if you, you know, if you go and talk to a bunch of executives, like everyone's a white guy, but I'm the only one with long hair. So you, you know, you're the only one with a beard. Their beards got really trendy, and it was kind of like, eh. um, no, I was actually thinking yesterday. I'm like, I should just cut the beard off completely and, and have a mustache. So." I, I, uh, I might do that like this week. I'm just, I'm sort of like, what's, what's the difference at this point? Yeah. Right. I mean, your hair or your beard to me is kind of like Howard Stern's hair. Like it's going to be, it's going to be the topic <laughs> of conversation for many years. Is it, is it naturally uh, curly? Is it going gray? Is it a wig? Is your beard a right, wig? Right. Is your beard a wig, right. Johnny? My, my beard is fake. Yeah, I, I wear a fake beard. <laughs> yeah. I have for years. I change the length constantly. You're like, uh, uh, Adam Duritz from, uh, from the Counting Crows where he had the fake dreadlocks for years. Don't say that he's horrible <laughs> he had fake dreadlocks yeah you didn't know that no those, those, oh, that, was a, that was a wig for many years yeah i had no idea i i mean there's no way this will get back to it but i was like god i was i was probably like 19 or 20 and i was like screwing around with his girlfriend and he was on tour and he'd call and he'd like freak out all the time it was it was <laughs> I remember I grabbed the phone one time and I'm like, so wait, you're like a Jewish guy with dreadlocks? What? And then he just started screaming in the phone. No, he's, he's uh, actually bald. <laughs> with fake I mean, I'm not, yeah, not, not shocked. But anyways, yeah, I haven't thought about that name in a long time. So, um, you know, and he, anyhow. I think at one point in time he dated Jennifer Aniston too. It wasn't Jennifer Aniston. It was a different girl. <laughs> was it, it was a different girl that, that Adam Dirt dated? Maybe I don't know. I thought he dated. No, 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 no. I'm saying the girl I was uh, having oh, a nice summer oh, with. Yeah, it's not Jennifer Anderson. Let's just clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> were you at Jennifer Anderson's house? Was, was she actually dating Adam Duritz, and you were hanging out with her? You were? Uh, no, I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I, I've never met Jennifer Anderson in my life, and I've only talked to Adam Duritz on the phone that one time. I'd be very jealous if you had met Jennifer Aniston. 
Um, yeah. Seems like a fun, well fun person. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All yeah. right. Seems great. Yeah. On to the next question. Uh, yeah. You're going to drive Route 66 or what's left of it, right? Right. All right. Yeah. Who are you going with and what car are you taking? And it can be a minivan, oh. by the way. Why would I ever take a minivan anywhere? <laughs> that, would, that would just be awesome. Because well, you could take like, like nine uh, people with you. I was, like, I was like actually like vomiting when you said minivan. Uh, You're getting tired of this conversation yeah. already. No, no, no. I just like, I don't know. That's a weird. I, I don't know if I would, uh, you know, I'd probably take like a photographer and <laughs> turn it into a story. And you would take, uh, you know, the, uh, what's his name? Um, Schaefer. Uh, yeah, Schaefer. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is very predictable, but uh, I, I briefly last year drove a, a Diablo, Lincoln Diablo SV, Ooh. and it was kind of like the best car I ever drove. And I'd like to like actually spend some time in that, just eat up miles. So I think I'm just because my answer doesn't really matter. Um, I think that's going to be the uh, the answer I give. Diablo SV, so me Schaefer. Me, Schaefer, Lamborghini, a Diablo SV. I can dig that. Monterey is in one thirty. I think that is a fantastic answer. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. I think it's a really, really good answer because I, I, I mean, for me, I mean, Diablo is is arguably outside of the the Countach my favorite Lamborghini, and so I think like okay, and and I've I've always loved the the six V twelve the you know the exposed headlights, sure. but you know but I, anything Diablo is just it just it does it for me one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, they're great, and 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 um, this one. Which is such a dream boat to drive, and I just love. <clears throat> throw shifting a V twelve. I just jumps into my head. I can probably think of about ten others, but I think that's the one. Let's right. go with that one. So now, yeah. I th I feel like there are. Uh, this is a, a weird question because uh, it's so okay. it's so random. You obviously you bake bread. Um, yes. And uh, I feel like you've probably gotten good at it. I haven't tasted your bread, so I don't know. We haven't broken bread together I'm very, yet. very talented at baking bread. The one thing I can do well. <laughs> so I can, I can write a good car review once every five years, and I can bake bread. <laughs> you know what? Hey, you know what? What, what else yeah. more do you need? You know what? I mean, come on. Not much. So what's the easiest kind of bread to bake, and what is your favorite kind to actually make? I only make uh, one kind of bread, really two, but uh, one. Um, and it's easy. Is it's 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 okay. I mean, I, I can just my method. I use the it's called the no knead method. That's where you kind of mix up the ingredients and let them ferment for twelve to eighteen hours. Um, I, I experimented a lot when I was first starting out, and and you know, it's 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 sort of like um, if you brew beer. A bit more people brew beer than make bread, but maybe not. But anyways. Uh, if you're making a stout, which is you know a black beer, you actually only want about ten percent flavored malts. The rest you want like base malt. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you're making like a lager, you want all well, not lager is a bad example, but just like a pale ale, you want all base malt. Um, so your adjunct grains, uh, you don't want a ton. And, and the same is kind of true for bread, where if you're going to make a, a rye bread, you actually don't want fifty percent rye. It, it's just inedible. Um, 
you make like mortar, uh, you know, or adobe or something. So, like, you know, maybe 10% rye, but then it's also kind of like, you know what? hundred percent wheat bread is delicious. Um, I love wheat bread in general. I do. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a fantastic bread. Like when you have really good wheat bread in general, I think yeah. wheat's and amazing. This is the, this is the, yeah. And this is the best you can get. So, um, yeah, I, my, my bread tends to be a hundred percent wheat. Um, and, uh, and then I, I, I do the no need method, which is a book uh, by Jim Leahy. Uh, the book's called my bread. He, he talks about it. So for me, that's the easiest. Cause I don't know any other ways to make bread. Everything else was like a pain in the ass. Everyone's using like sourdough and like proofing and all this nonsense <laughs> and kneading. This is like, it's like 10 minutes of work at the beginning. And then there's a, it's a process the next day. We're not really doing any labor. You're just waiting for timers to go off. Like you, you know, you, you, you put the bread, on a, a cutting board, and you let it sit with a dish towel on it for 45 minutes. Then you turn the oven on, and then you wait 45 minutes. Then you put the bread in the oven, and then you wait 45 minutes. You know what I mean? So, so it, it's it's just a time thing. It's like I just watch TV with my kid, um, and just wait. And so it's super easy to make. All right. So now that we've yeah. got bread out of the way, um, yeah, yeah. Now this is another random question. Of course, all these are random because I'm okay. Yeah, right I, like them. I like them. So. Yeah. Over the last 30 years, okay, there have been some amazing cars. So from, I mean, from WRXs to STIs to M3s to M5s to, you know, you know, Lamborghinis to Corvettes, whatever, right? Yeah, whatever, yeah. Over the last 30 years, you have the budget of $50,000. You can buy any car over the last 30 years, but it can't cost more than 50 grand. What are you buying? You, you mean for its new price? Uh, for its used price, as of right now, where where it sits right now. So you know, like E forty six and three. Yeah, in the well, I, I think I would get. I'd be torn between, but I think I'd go. I'd probably go with my first answer, which is a, a, a nine nine six uh, GT three Porsche nine nine six GT three. Okay, I think those are under fifty. Uh, I would be torn though if there was like a good um, Camaro SS one LE. Which are probably down in the thirty thousand dollar range. Uh, that would have a lot more power and handle better than that than that GT3. But the GT3 would it's that I like a lot. So more of a raw car. Um, but it'd be one of those two, probably. Uh, the other one that jumps to mind, um, you know, E39 M5, or really the Chevy uh, SS with a manual. Um, mm, either of those yeah. two. Chevy SS. That was that was a car that I almost bought. I almost should have bought it. I should have. Should've I should it. have. Yep. I, I regret yep. it every day. <laughs> it's such a yep. great car. Yep. Such um, a good car. So I I thought of this question because recently I I I've been in the market for an E46 M3 because it's one of my favorite cars of all time. Love driving great cars. Them. Yeah, and it's yeah, a it's cars. it's a car that I want to collect in in the sense I call it my my fun vestment. I, I want to have fun with it. I want to enjoy it and it will potentially maybe become an investment years later. Right. But that's not the maybe. maybe yeah. not. And it's not, it's, I mean, I, I don't sit there and look at it and go, well, it's going to be worth 50 grand. And you know, this, I don't, I don't give a shit. Maybe it'll be worth that much money one day. I don't care. I just want to own it. I want to enjoy it. I have a GT 350 and an E46 M3. That would be for me, a fantastic stable of cars. Right. Loved, loved the idea. Uh, actually did a podcast about it because this whole process of, of buying this guy's car locally that it turned into a massive shit show. Um, he had a car listed for seventeen nine nine five, And then when I went to try and negotiate with him, he told me he wouldn't take a dollar under 18000 
and I'm like, wait, the price has jumped up five dollars. <laughs> like, how how does this happen? And uh, so it it became a whole shit show. Uh, it was ridiculous. So that's what I was. That's what made me think about that. Um, but uh, uh, where where's oh, you get to steal one car from Matt Ferris collection. What are you taking? <laughs> oh, the the, the Countach. Yeah, of course, right. No, that's the obvious answer. No, nothing, nothing else is even <laughs> registers. I didn't know. I don't really know he owns other cars, but I've driven that Countach a lot, and it's uh, it's terrible. But I love that car. You know, I've hundred percent the Countach. I feel like terrible cars. Not all terrible cars, but some of the best cars are terrible cars, right? Could I don't know. Matt, Matt claims I should drive it uh, now. He's like spent uh, a crazy amount of money fixing it up, which I, I you know could be. Um, but uh, I mean, that's just like a, you know, park in the living room, eat cereal off of it type car. <laughs> he cl- he claims that he's done the work to it that like it's perfectly drivable and usable every day now. And I'm going, oh god, that's a that's a bold statement. Yeah. I mean, it could be. I, I, you know, I haven't driven it um, uh, since he's fixed it. I mean, but I, I think the first time I drove it, I think it was perfectly usable. It was just a bad car, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but anyways, yeah. So I, I definitely take the Countach, hundred percent, especially with the gold wheels and come home. <sighs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's I that I knew that you would answer that way, but I just had to ask because you know it's it's a fun question anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. What uh, I'm trying to think any any other ra- these are random questions that I you know that I have like I'm like walking around you know waiting for the water to warm up for the shower and I just you know type them into my notes on my phone like that kind of thing yeah um, <laughs> now I'm getting everyone very excited about me getting taking a shower um, oh <laughs> yeah oh, I'm, I'm I'm salivating over here go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, MotorTrend.com had an interesting article the 12 worst Toyotas ever made. Um, Mm. that was, I thought this was an interesting topic. There was one that I, it's like, I agree, but I also disagree with. Go ahead. And that is the old Toyota Previa. It's like, I agree that it was a flop. I agree, obviously. Right. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something about it when I see that, that dumb eggshell and knowing that it is a mid engine minivan that just it gets me all hot and bothered i love yeah, it i think I, it's hilarious I, 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 I missed that article but uh um i, I can you know look it, yeah previous cool nostalgia but at the same time like the whole idea of a minivan is like space and if you have a mid-engine car you lose a lot of space because <laughs> right. the car taking up you know it, so it, it's I, that's a bad idea um <laughs> so, so why bother with a minivan um yeah i don't i don't I, yeah that's, that's the only thing I can think. But I, I get, like I said, I get the, uh, I get the, uh, the, the nostalgic appeal and like, oh, mid-engine, but it's still minivans. Minivans just suck. <laughs> uh, you know, that's what I would say. Except if you're JF Musial, and you know, that's you basically live out of minivans because you are. I mean, I guess, but he only <laughs> he's only doing that for work. You know, I mean, if you, <laughs> yes, if you have to haul stuff around, but you know, I mean, at least get like a Sprinter. Those are kind of those are a real van. Um, but I, I just, I just, I don't like minivan. I don't like what they represent. You, you, know, you, you really a station wagon would do every single thing a minivan does. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, minivans killed the station wagon. I'll never forgive them. So yeah, anyways, yeah, it's just, just. Did you ever yeah, see the? I don't, the, I don't like. Did you ever see the terrible movie with Tom Arnold and David Paymer called Carpool? 
back in no. the 90s. It was in 1996. No. It was, it was, I, a, I, 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 everything Tom Arnold, except for he was in True season Lots. 10 of the trailer in the uh, season 10 of the trailer park boys. He oh. was quite funny. Yeah. See, I, I, I love Tom Arnold because he goes on Stern and tells all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's secrets, and that makes me laugh. No, he's great on Stern. This <laughs> is his movie. He's a bad actor. But he's not he's really good, good on the Trailer Park Boys. You know, he plays himself on the Trailer Park Boys. So That's why he's good. <laughs> yeah, he's great. This movie, Carpool, though, was absolutely, it was so dumb, but it was like dumb entertainment. You know what I mean? It was just like, it was awful, but it was entertaining. And in the movie, Tom Arnold is, uh, he's trying to do something for like his son to like prove that he's a good dad. He's like divorced and everything. And he ends up carjacking this guy, David Paymer, uh, who is, who has all of his kids and his, his kids friends in this, and it's a Toyota Previa. And so he carjacks a Toyota Previa and they're like running from the police for like an entire day. And it's, it's a dumb story. <laughs> But the Toyota Previa is very, very, you know, is a is a yeah. main character a, of the film. A not not gonna watch it. B still hate <laughs> Toyota Previas. Sorry, sorry, man. So uh, there's another article on MotorTrend.com, uh, okay. which is coulda, shoulda, woulda, the greatest cars oh, ever yeah. built. Oh, that's an Angus story. Yes, I saw that. Yes, yes. So great story, including that, story. that Toyota, that Toyota, that uh, that 928 Toyota compared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4500 GT, ugly mm-hmm. as shit, yep. but that could have been a cool car. Yeah, that could have been a very cool car. Yeah, he um he he I think he got the that was a great article. He got the Cadillac wrong. Like, yeah, build the 16, but like, you know, a thousand horsepower, 13 liter is kind of like yeah, you know, it's imaginary, but. He should have had the the Cadillac CL. That should have been the one. The CL would have been. That, oh god. Yeah. If, if anyone uh, remembers that, it was a convertible, um, and it was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it was one of the most uh, gorgeous. And it, by the way, it's spelled C I E L, um, French for sky, I believe. So it was this open top uh, four door or four seat roadster. Might have been a four door, but the interior was like stunning. It mm-hmm. used olive wood. And of course, the guy that designed the interior now works for Audi, designing Audis and Audi interiors. But um, it was that's the car they should have built because it was more feasible. Like, yeah, they should have built the 16 as well. But anyways, very very cool story. Uh, story of Angus. That was I enjoyed that one. The most interesting car to me though is is something. I mean, because this is kind of like of supercar lore, which is the Chrysler mm. ME412. You know, oh, like, that thing was so cool. That thing was that awesome. was going to be built. I mean, that yeah. that was supposed to be built. Yeah. Yeah, they had promised no. it. They had guaranteed. I remember when I was, I mean, I was a teenager when they were talking about this. And I read every single article ad nauseum because it was like part of me didn't want it to come out because I didn't want anything to beat the McLaren F1. But then part of me was like, but we got to move on. This is a really cool looking car. And then I saw a video of Steve Celine driving one. Did you ever see that video? No. It was, they Steve had, Celine. Steve Celine had, because he was making the S7, right? And yeah. Chrysler had agreed. I can't remember what show it was on. I, I want to say it was on like Speed Channel or something back in the day, right? And so, uh, Celine had brought his S7 there and to show it off. And Chrysler had would not allow anybody else to drive the car, but they gave special permission to Steve Celine to drive the you know the uh, newscaster or the journalist, whoever it was, yeah. in the car because he had, you know, he had. Uh, supercar experience you know and racing experience so they trusted him apparently um, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, go ahead. Well, that's, okay so that's a very good point you you make because to date 
I still can't really find any information on him. Actually, I think he raced like NASCAR trucks or something back in the day. Yeah. Was, but he also, ta- or at least from what I can tell, he or he or somebody has said that he raced like European Le Mans at some point. I'm going, what? Where? Where? I mean, yeah. Look, uh, Celine is known for a great many things. Honesty is not one of them. Uh, that, that said. <laughs> Um, the, the the ME412, so mid-engine, um, four-wheel drive, 12-cylinder. Yeah. And I, uh, so it was, it was, it was, you know, this is Daimler um, uh, Chrysler days, right? So it was a, it was a six-liter Mercedes V12, just like a Pagani. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it was the, the Pagani uh, engine, the Zonda motor. Um, it was mid-engine. It was a, it was, it was a, like an Aston Martin. It was like a honeycomb chassis. Uh, all-wheel drive, and it was gorgeous. It was a oh, really cool-looking so car. fantastic. It, it actually, if you look at it and you kind of, like, uh, cover up all the bright work, it, it's shaped like the current Audi R8. Very um, much so. so yeah, I can see it's that. It's got the same, the same uh, greenhouse canopy look to the current uh, R8. Um, this is, I think, Tom Gale is still there. I think this is one of his. He's, you know, he's the best. So, yeah, I, I, they 100% should have built this. Um would have been a strange Chrysler, but it was yes, <laughs> such such a cool car. The other car that the car that really surprised me though, because I'd never to I can't believe I never knew about this, and that's the Nissan yeah. Mid Four Two, which is a Testarossa essentially, which looks gorgeous. Looks cool. Uh, it was kind of a Testarossa meets um, uh, uh, NSX. Yeah, the looks. and the interior yeah. is so NSX, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I read Angus article. I, I've known about this car. I, I, just, I just heard it was, it was garbage. Like, Nissan really didn't know how to build um, something like this back then. Um, but, yeah, it was a very, very cool-looking car. I mean, you know, it just has that, like, kind of 90s prototype look to it. But, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know if they should have built that one because they kind of had the, the GTR, and so I don't know. I think the GTR would have always been way more successful than than a mid-engine, super expensive Nissan would have been. You know right. what I mean? Right. Although so. I th- I think um, now he talked about the Dodge Copperhead, which I remember when I was a kid that being oh, a really Copperhead cool. Copperhead they should have built that. They absolutely. Built. But Gorgeous. the weird Another thing Tom is, yeah. I hadn't seen that car in in years. Right. I've, since you know, looking yeah. at this article, I was like, wait a second. I totally like not that I forgot about it. I just hadn't thought about it. Right. And yeah. I, I just all of a sudden it put me in mind of that's so much of what became the the uh, the later Viper SRT10, the 2003 that sure. that open top only Viper, and I was like, wow. So they, I was thinking about it's it like they kind of built the Copperhead except without the V6. <laughs> it had a V10. Yeah, a V10. That could cook yeah, eggs. yeah. No, the, the Copperhead's super cool. Um, and again, that's that's Tom Gale, and Tom Gale was the, you know designed the Viper. And the Diablo. No one knows that story, but he, he actually was the Diablo designer. Well, his team was. Um, was that when Chrysler took over Lamborghini and basically helped them to redevelop and redesign their engine uh, building techniques and everything? And that was, was he a part of that? Kind of like the. Yeah. Okay. That. Oh yeah! You, they, oh, sorry, you cut out. We talked over each other. What'd you say? No, I was saying that it was he part of that like the oh. transition teams basically when Chrysler took over Lamborghini and they were helping uh, Lamborghini basically essentially turn around their engine development and stuff and production and. No, no, no. Tom Gale was the head of design for Chrysler and a board member, but um, uh, basically, long story short, and I've seen the car. 
Um, it, you can't imagine how ugly this thing is. It wound up a, a reworked version of it became that Sietza thing, that 16-cylinder okay. transverse car. Yeah. But it was awful. It looked, it looked like a fat Countach with, like, like fins on it. It's hard to explain how gross it was. Um, so... So, uh, I guess Tom won't get too mad at me for telling the story. But anyway, so Tom was in uh, Leah Coca's villa in Tuscany, um, you know, as you do. And, and, as you and, do, they, right? and, and Ganditi's there, uh, the maestro, and they, they pull the cover off, and it's just it's just ugly, and everyone agrees it's horrible looking, and that's the Diablo. And so Tom's like, you know, even I Coca's like, yeah, we should change a few things. And, Apparently, Gandini was like, no, the maestro has spoken. We can't change anything. So um, Tom went back to Detroit, uh, said, okay, guys, draw me a Lamborghini. And then they built the tooling in Detroit and then sent the tooling to St. Agata. And they're like, here's your tooling for the body. And that's how the Diablo came to be. Wow. Designed in Modern Hills. Yep. I did not know any of that. Nobody knows that, but it's true. It's true. That's, that's amazing. That's the cool part. Of it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Tom said he he actually gave a PowerPoint presentation on it to the uh, Diablo Owners Club or maybe a Lamborghini 50th anniversary party or something. So it's it's not well known, um, but it is it is public knowledge. But I'll yeah, try and get Tom on the uh, on the podcast. See if he'll, if he's willing to tell divulge some of these tales. Well, you know, Tom's great, but Tom, Tom I've I've interviewed him before. I, I did a, a written interview with him. Mm-hmm. And, I remember, like, I asked him some question, and he just he just came back and he said, "I just like hot rods," and that was yeah, you know, <laughs> that, that was his thing. And you know, he was the guy who did the, he did the Prowler. You know? I mean, yeah, Tom Gale was the man. Prowler was a cool uh, car that got uh, that just saw a bad in- or just a, a weird engine. I, I don't. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they just it it, it 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 was you know with part sharing it gets right. you gets you so far and uh, yeah. I mean, they 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 had to go with a V six and it should have been a V eight mm-hmm. and that was that. There's one I can't I can't find uh, any pictures of it online anymore. There used to be one. I think the site went down. But it was called the not the Prowler. It was like the the scowler or something. But anyway, somebody made a little pickup truck out of one of them. Um, and it was like the, it wasn't Prowler, it wasn't Scowler, but it rhymed with that. And it was, it was, it was killer. It was just like a little pickup. It was just, it was just a Prowler with a, a bed instead of a rounded trunk, you know? See, now I, now I, I gotta, always, I gotta find this. Cause that's, that doesn't exist. Hey, I remember I saw a picture of it in, you know, some car magazine back in the, whenever the Prowler came out and <clears> the Howler, it was a Plymouth Howler. Plymouth Howler. Okay. Yeah, it's not online from what I can tell. Hmm. Um, oh, wait, yeah. no, I found it. It was a, it was a oh. SEMA Roadster. Uh, it was a, I mean, a SEMA, um, uh, it was a SEMA car. Um, Does it have the little trunk? Yeah. Or the, the, little, little... the little lift up trunk with the little tailgate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. Boom. That's, I always thought that was like super cool. That's cool as shit. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, but remember I asked Tom about it. He looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, I've never heard of that. I'm like, no, I saw it. <laughs> and it, it, it towed something. It, it had a little, it had a little trailer it could tow around. I'm texting it. I'm texting <laughs> you the link right now, so you can yeah, see. Yeah, I know. It. I just, I just found it. Yeah, there's oh, okay. So, anyways, that's yeah, a cool so car. Just, that would have been Instead cool. of having the, the rounded butt, it just had a. Just, I thought it just looked better from the side. Anyways, I always like yeah, these cars the anyway. These were these were so cool. I mean, the the prowlers in general were I thought were really cool. I mean, it's like I I love the idea of yeah. getting one, putting a manual in it, and, and dropping a you know some sort of like a Chrysler three hundred C V eight you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that they exist. I like the fact that the company was like zany enough to do it, right, yeah. and they were like, "Hey, we got to cash in on like, you know, these aging greatest generation people that they, you know, they never got to build a hot rod in the '50s, but now they can afford one right. at whatever it cost back then, twenty five grand." So, yeah, no, Dodge was—they were going crazy back then. It was really cool. It was like the Chevy SSR. That was not the greatest, but at least it was different. You know, <laughs> I still I kind of yeah. laugh when I see them. Uh, I never, I, I just saw that as like old for old dudes, but yeah, yeah. I never liked that car. It wasn't, it wasn't built for me. My dad had one on order, and I thought it was the coolest thing when I was a, when I was a teenager because he he had one on order, and then he canceled his order because my mother was like, "You're not bringing a fake <laughs> truck into the, no, you, <laughs> no pickup. That's not yeah, a pickup. That's yeah. stupid." She's like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Just buy a fucking pickup truck and then go buy a Corvette. Like, stop it." cut the shit you know and he canceled his order so my mom wouldn't let him and then about 10 years after that i was like yeah you know what mom was right that car's stupid that car was actually pretty shitty but it at least like i just kind of think about it and go well at least you know somebody made it at least somebody did it you know that's i guess that's the only the only good news that you can come of it or they can come of it like it was yeah. pointless but it was okay you know at least it came out at least something happened with it you know um yeah i guess you can yeah yeah, yeah. i guess that's my argument i made but i still think I just hated the SSR. Anyways. <laughs> I do laugh because you see him every once in a while here in North Carolina. And it's the same kind of dude that drives it. It's the it's basically a C5 Corvette customer that drives it. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude has jean shorts, really tall white socks, new old New Balance white sneakers, and gets out of the car and you're just like, oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> you just feel bad for him. But... Hey, if they like it, it's their money. It's not mine. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what else? Uh, uh, You're the one asking me questions. I, I was going to say, um, any you drive any good cars lately? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, what I got in the driveway. That I'm really enjoying. Um, I have the Mercedes Benz. SL 500 Grand Edition. Yes. Like the okay. Final edition. Yeah. Yeah. Super great car for how good these things are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rocks. It's like it's like people are like, oh, it's an old man's car. I'm like, well, it's a 450 horsepower twin turbo. I I disagree. I think the the SL five hundred or five fifty and sixty three AMG drive got well, you know hydraulic rack steering. Yeah, I think they're cool. It's, it's it's they're actually but they, they drive great staggered wheels um i ripped up to you know up, up angeles crest yesterday and i was like super just like wow this is this is really good you know yeah. kind of drove like a camaro in a way and it's like this, this is a really good car <clears throat> modern sls so that's have, that's been fun modern sls have no business being as good as they are but nobody will understand it you know because even the customers that yeah. buy them don't understand how good the car actually is right and it's a weird place for Mercedes right now. I mean, they're they're rectifying it, but like you know, they had the they had the S coupe and convertible, mm-hmm. uh, S class coupe and convertible. Then they have the the AMG GT coupe and convertible, and then mm-hmm. you have an SL. Um, and it's sort of like really like it's like too many convertibles. You know, right. convertibles are less than one percent of all new cars sold. Um, yeah, it's it's just sort of a it's too bad. But also, this one was cursed with like bone ugly styling from day one just nothing you <laughs> right. could do about that yeah 
I think the, the you know, how black how black can you paint it? So. <laughs> the thing about the SL though is that to me it's the only modern day car that has done the hardtop convertible where it doesn't when the top is up where it doesn't make the design any uglier. Yeah, and and I, I mean you. Also, I just think it's it's a really good hard top convertible. When the top is up, you sort of forget it's convertible. Mm-hmm. And plus, it's got a moonroof and a piece of back glass. They, they're doing a really it's an amazing job. And like it, it's actually quiet when it closes um, and opens. It's it, it's it's an impressive piece of engineering. Um, it's just kind of a dead market, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and and the SL wasn't helped by the fact that it just kind of looks bad, you know. Like you look at like what I, what I think of as the classic SL, the R one oh seven. And it's just sort of got this like almost like this Audrey Hepburn thing where it's just like understated yet gorgeous, um, and 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 this one just it, it isn't gorgeous. So you know it's like right. hey, why don't you spend 120 grand on a two seater that like you can't really take that much <laughs> luggage with you because when the hardtop folds up you have no trunk space, um, <clears throat> you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's sort of just like like. You know, with an Aston Martin, like whatever compromises there might be, it's like it's gorgeous. You look at it, and you want to just like, you know, lick it. <laughs> and, and this is just like it's just sort of stodgy looking. So I think I think that really did hurt. But um, terrific car to drive. I was I was just it's, very pleased with it yesterday. It's the weird thing because it's it's the S it's an SL, but it's not obviously it's it's not the styling of of what an SL is or should be. Right? It's obviously it's not light. Um, but it is really fast and they are really good to drive in mm-hmm. just, if you're just dri- if you find some good roads, especially back roads, it, they are surprisingly fantastic. And the SL, I would say like 2009, which is when they updated to the, um, you know, they updated the motor and they updated the gearbox and it, you know, from 09 on, I feel like the SL 550 has been a charmer absolutely just fantastic all around um and the modern day one ugly as shit but it moves i mean it gets up and goes that's good it's good and the refresh helped it because i got the nine speed transmission yeah the last you know it's funny um you know mercedes has basically moved completely to four liter v8s now but this one's still a 4.7 liter so it's a little bit more displacement it's not as efficient but that torque comes out easier you know what i mean yeah really cool thing interior is like a time machine though it's funny how like crazy interiors have gotten the last five years but like my phone is almost as big as the nav screen and like you know I <laughs> right know, as a gle 450 which is like you know two 13 inch screens it's like you know, it's digital basically still i um, think one of my favorite cars that i would love to put in the driveway is just like a 2003 to 2008 sl 55 amg those, oh yeah those things I, are... I mean I, I you know look if i had endless money in storage um the current one what is it, it's the w221 um uh or the r221 uh the the sl uh 63 i mean i remember we used to call that thing torque vader yeah and it was just like just <laughs> so mighty it was just such a mighty mighty car um and then i you know it went to, i haven't driven it since the refresh but um, you know, now it's got the nine speed, which is even better. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have well, one of those. I, I just think, I mean, I, I think AMG is, I mean, they're they're on a roll anyway. I think they make some really good cars. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they always have, 
you know they've always made really badass cars but i think right now yeah. they're they're making i don't know they found they found some of their niche with like really good handling amgs as of late i feel like yeah they, what i'm worried though is that the guy behind all that was tobias yeah. so tobias morris is the outgoing ceo who remember you know now he's the new ceo of aston martin but he was the guy who did the first black series mm-hmm. it was a him it was like he just engineered it um so he's gone so i now i worry because you know angie's at a weird time where you know gas engines are going away things are going to go electric um if he's not there to steer that ship and then like they're doing good but they also have now they make a bunch of like you know pardon my friends but bullshit amgs like the nec 43 is kind of like not really an amg um or not 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 to pick out this pick on the c but any 43 it's right like, uh, six cylinder amgs come on um so they could get it all wrong in a big hurry now thankfully they have stuff like you know the gt new ones coming and then like mm-hmm. the gt four which is like just like oh my god that's a good car um oh yeah they have those products but we'll see we'll see what the new the new uh management team brings but you know i i I have i have some doubts um not based on anything other than like i've spent a lot of time around tobias and he's uh an unrelenting unyielding no compromise type of guy and that's why the cars are so good Mm -hmm. um so hopefully he'll help aston martin out a lot but we'll see i hope so too i mean aston martin god I, i would hate to see anything truly you know bad happen to him because they're I mean, what a wonderful brand, wonderful brand history, amazing cars. You know, obviously, you know, you and I both know Nathan Hoyt, you know, working for him right now in the, the PR department. Well, I don't department. care about the PR guy, but yes, we know Nathan. I mean, look, I would say, you know, the, the market had its best quarter ever, if you look at the Dow Jones Industrial, I think ever in terms of uh, points gained in a quarter, this mm-hmm. last quarter, believe it or not. Uh, Aston Martin stock is currently at 63 cents a share. Um, oh, you know, it was God. a month ago, it was. And it's 63 cents a share. Um, in fact, a lot of a lot of kind of major uh, brokerage sites like uh, uh, Merrill Lynch, for instance, they don't let you do penny stock trading because they just see it as kind of like slimy gambling. Right. And so you, you actually can't even buy Aston Martin stock um, on a lot of brokerage sites because it's so it's so cheap. Um, so now, yeah, they're they're in bad shape. They're in bad shape. What did you say it was a month ago? You cut out when you were saying it went from sixty. It was forty cents. Forty cents a month ago. So it's a, you know it's jumped up twenty percent. I think it's lowest when I was uh, the lowest I saw was thirty seven cents. Oh Jesus. It did pop up to like eighty five for a while. No, actually, one day I have a friend who buys it. And he said it went up to like three dollars and fifty cents for an hour, and then like settled back down to eighty cents. Uh, <laughs> and that was right around when Tobias was announced. But I'm gonna yeah, have to go so, buy some Aston Martin stock just for shits and giggles. Put like ten bucks into it and luck. have like forty thousand yeah. shares. You know, <laughs> yeah, good, good, good luck buying it. It's, it's uh, you know so. I, I could but, own half the company for uh, you know what I spend. Plus, on dinner, I mean, in, in that one good review I wrote uh, of the DBS <laughs> Superleggero, it was a three hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars car. I'm like, I think this car currently is worth more than Aston Martin. <laughs> you know, I, I think when I was writing it, the, the share price was like thirty-seven cents a share. You know, so it's Oof, just crazy. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, Motor Trend has been. Uh, working on and working with the new top gear for america right um yeah 
you guys got uh you got Dax Shepard, you got uh, um Jethro or as you call him Jethro, yeah. Yep. As you call you call him Jethro. Um Jethro. And then also uh, uh of course I'm blanking on his name but he's a great comedic writer. Uh Rob Cordry. Yeah, Rob yeah, Cordry. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um a f- genuinely a phenomenal comedic writer. Um and Dax Shepard is a huge car guy, right? Um what allegedly no yeah i mean he, <laughs> he likes cars yeah, yeah so were you in any contention for it were you even thought of did you even care uh, you... can't, can't talk about it oh, uh, i think okay. i think, right. I think, I think ndas were signed all around so i legally could get in trouble so fair enough fair enough yeah um yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean obviously you're excited for it i mean we all are um i'm excited for uh uh jethro by one of my favorite people in the world and uh, my old partner I'm excited for him to get to strut his stuff on a bigger stage because he's 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 the real deal. He's super talented. Well, speaking of that, any new any you know developments on a new co-host for you? Any more videos that you are going to do? At my some show's point on or? hiatus at the moment. Um, I've been doing uh, actually it's on my Instagram. If you follow my Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, I've been doing a show called Stump Motor Trend with Angus McKenzie, where we it's just him and I battle each other on car trivia. Um, and we've recorded three of them so far. I think the first one went live yesterday or today. Um, we're going to do some more, but it's just yeah, we're just doing it on Zoom because everyone's locked down for COVID. Um, but it's been fun. It's been it's been fun. Um, it's uh, he's not only does he know a lot, but he's also got like you know uh, fifteen or twenty years more experience in the industry. <laughs> than he is. So so he's, and, he's knows a lot more. But. And he cut his hair. I had no idea. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's been wearing it like that page boy length for a while now. But yeah, I, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it make you regret anything, you know, with the pandemic? Like, you know, when I started Raw Autos, I realized that not only did I have to review cars, obviously, because I wanted to, but I had to be a photographer. I had to be a videographer. I had to do it all, right? Does it make you, do you regret not getting into photography or videography for moments like this where you could just throw a camera in a car and just, you know, drive the shit out of it and just make a, you know, a simple series out of it? Never for one second. Uh, there's nothing I hate more than than like video cameras and, and cameras. No, I, no, I, I'm, I'm talent. Uh, I, I, and I really, I really like, um, I really like uh, you know the opportunities I've had with Motor Trend and like look I mean I, you know we did like eight seasons or something with with head to head and like you know Spike Ferenson, uh he was a writer for Seinfeld mm-hmm. and I told him like yeah you know we did, we get eight seasons and they're putting the show on hiatus he's like eight it's like Seinfeld Seinfeld only did nine <laughs> um, you know so so we did a lot you know over, you know so I, I you know yes I, I will get back into it um, with some other show but uh, no I, I I last thing I want to do is like be so up a GoPro it sounds like misery. <laughs> See, I hate I'm, GoPro. I'm so I mean, I like when other people set them up, but I just yeah. Was... Well, good news. If you hate GoPro, there are other companies that make, in my opinion, better action cameras. So you know, you know what I'm saying. I, hate, <laughs> I, yeah, I just I don't like camera gear. That's not my thing. I, I just want to drive cars and talk about them. It's funny because one of the most interesting things when I do watch some of your videos and like if there's a an outtakes or behind the scenes kind of thing, I've watched them over the years and I will actually pause and screenshot and zoom in to see what gear you guys are using out of curiosity. Um, oh, the cheap the cheapest gear available. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm obsessed with camera gear. I mean, the, the last so I interviewed Jeff Musial, you know, a couple months ago. In the last like 15 minutes of the show, 15 20 minutes, I was nerding out talking to him about camera gear. Right. 
Um, yeah. Just because, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd like that. I'm a nerd between cars and cameras and video stuff and all this sure, shit. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, in fact, I just spent, stupidly, I just spent $1,000 on a, on a monitor today for uh, my uh, for my desk, a new monitor. A five gotta monitor. have it. You gotta have it. Gotta have it. Because you know what? When I'm editing videos and I'm editing photos, I've got this... 30 i'll have this 34 inch ultra wide 5k uh monitor it's gonna be great um and nobody nobody gives a shit obviously you've already fallen asleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so big um, time big time yeah, yeah what is a personal car that is in the pipeline for you that you want to buy or thinking about buying 996 gt3 that's that's <laughs> the only one i really um that's what I keep coming back to. I, uh, a friend of mine got a 997 GT3, and I was checking it out the other day, and I'm like, but it's, you know, the price jump is like 30 grand yeah. for basically the same car. You know, the 997 is slightly better interior and a little more horsepower, but it's basically mechanically the same <clears> car. <throat> um, so, yeah, that's that's the one that I, I would love to, to get a hold of. And I, might, I might do it soon, so we'll see. Would you like to hear my story of why I did not buy a 997.1 GT3 years ago? Uh, sure. This is, uh, this is completely ridiculous, uh, and it's 100% true. I had a 2007 911 Carrera S in, this is like 2012, 2013, right? I was actually in negotiations with a dealership that had a yellow 911 gt3 i did not want it in yellow but it was the cheapest one i could find in america at the Josh, time. Josh, Josh, you totally, you totally cut out. oh oh sorry okay. Josh, you totally cut out you still there okay yeah so where, yeah where okay did you, so where i just you last you start that anecdote from the beginning okay so Dad, I had a Carrera. Yeah. okay so i had a 997.1 911 carrera s uh this was uh it was a 2007 i had it in 2003 12 2013 around that time frame i uh was in talks with a dealership that had a yellow 997 gt3 it was a 2007 as well i did not want yellow but it was the cheapest one in america at the time i think it had like thirty-five thousand miles something like that right okay so i had talked them down they were uh i think they had the car at like 67 or 69 thousand and i had talked them down to i think 62 out the door something like that um okay and we were wor- we were just working out the details, right? A few days later, the uh, 991 GT3 wa- debuted, and okay. it debuted as PDK only, right? Yeah. So I emailed. Oh, so, the the price went up like a billion percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I emailed Nick Twerk from from Porsche. He was with Porsche at the time, and I said, "Hey, Nick, um, are you going to release a manual at some point, or is it just a you know like what what are the deets on this?" And he's like, "Nope, PDK only." wait till you drive it you'll love it and i'm like oh shit i'm like oh shit i'm like oh my god so of course the next day i email the dealership and they increased the price they told me that i'd have to give them 80 like 80 or eighty-five thousand dollars um right. for the car yeah yeah i was like son of a bitch sounds like a car dealer yep yep and i was like porsche you screwed me. <laughs> Porsche screwed yeah. me out of getting a 997 oh, GT3. Funny. Well, I should have bought it when you had the chance. Should have bought it when you had the chance. <laughs> I was trying. So I was like, I was getting, you know, I was getting everything together and I was like, oh, great. Oh, great. So I'd been working well, on this deal. Well, the good news is weeks. now they're, they're about, you know, 70. So you could. You and yeah. years prior, I almost bought a 996 GT3 from a guy in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. I had a, at the time, I had an 08 Bullet Mustang. Um, 
and I was going to sell oh, that. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was a good one. That was a good. That was a good bullet. That was a good bullet. I really, I, really liked I like. I like that car. I re- it's very noisy. It sounds wasteful, as my wife said. <laughs> I reviewed it because this is when I first started, right? So I would go to dealerships and get cars and borrow cars from dealerships and review them and put them on raw autos and mm-hmm. make videos and stuff. Sure. And Ford actually <laughs> saw that and a Ford Flex review that I did, and. Uh, invited me up to their 09 product, you know, launch in Michigan, right? So I, that was my first ever press trip, right? So I'm hanging around real <laughs> journalists and, you know, I'm in Michigan. And, yeah. yeah, I'm actually like, doing what everybody else does. I'm like, whoa, right? I have no idea why yeah. I'm there or what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Ford, Ford likes to get you get you early and, and then start uh, start the, the brainwashing process. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they started me young. I was 20, it was what, yeah. like 22 at the time. Yeah. And, oh yeah, uh, so, That's a, such a Ford move. Go ahead. <laughs> so I get up there and I I meet. Uh, I don't know if you remember this guy, Mark Shermer, who was a PR guy for Ford for years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know Mark. Yeah. I, I love Shermer. So I remember I I just snagged him. I was like, I, we were having dinner. We were about to have dinner, and we were having drinks and everything. And I said, I look. Uh, I'm being completely honest. I, I'm out of my element. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing here. I'm not like a real journalist. And he's like, no, 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 look, man, just look, you're going to be, you know, just ease into it. Just relax. Just look, we're going to pump you with food, pump you with alcohol. You have a good time. You drive the cars. Just be honest. That's all you got to do is just be honest. And I said, well, I've been thinking about buying the bullet Mustang that I had reviewed. And he's like, really? That's interesting. He goes, let me tell you a secret. He goes, let me tell you a little secret. And, uh, and, but you can't quote me, but you can tell the story. I was like, okay. And he goes, it's actually a 2010 Mustang GT underneath of it. And I'm like, what? Right. So, of course, I go and I write this story, right? Um, and to get more traction, I contact <laughs> contact Donald Bufamani from <laughs> from Autospice. And I put the story on his, on his website so it would feed back to Raw Autos, right? Um, and uh, I got banned from multiple uh, Mustang car forums. Uh, because they were telling me that I was wrong, I was lying, I was just making up a story, blah, 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 all this stuff. The next day, I go to drive the the uh, the bullet, the, it was an 09 bullet around the track. They wouldn't let me out of it. So I, had, I drove that car for like an hour around the track. Um, Why wouldn't they let you out of it? Because they wanted me to go home and buy one. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, sure, wouldn't sure, let, sure. they wouldn't let me drive anything else for like almost an hour, right? So of course, what do I do? I come back home and I, I go and buy it. I had a Mazda Speed Six at the time. Um, had a 2006 Mazda Speed Six, and I traded that for the Bullet. And a few years later, I was thinking about selling the Bullet, and I found this guy who had a 996 GT3. I think it was blue in Texas, and okay. he had it for a little bit cheaper than basically all the others at the time that were around. And I was like, why so cheap? So, you know, like I, we got to talking. Uh, he sent me his, his number. So we got to talking on the phone. He sent me pictures. And he had just a garage full of cars, right? He had a new 997 GT3. And he had, you know, the 996. And he had a GT3, a 997 GT3 RS. So he had all these cars in his garage. And he's like, honestly, the 996 just doesn't get used. And that's why I'm, I'm willing to let it go for so cheap. Because he's like, I have the money. I have the cars. I just don't need it. I can't. I'm, I'm trying to think of the price that he wanted. He wanted something ridiculously cheap by comparison to the rest of the market. Had sent me all this stuff showing that it was in perfect condition. All you know, all these papers and everything. 
Didn't end up buying it because I was like, no, the bullet's going to be a classic. I need to keep it for the rest of my life. Of course, I didn't. You know, right. I, you know I'm an idiot. Uh, and I so there are two times where well, I, it also turns out it's not a classic. It's a nice Mustang. No, it's, it's not, not a classic. classic at all. Nobody gives a shit. And uh, yeah. it's you know right now I could pick one up for like twelve thousand dollars. You know. Yeah. Um, nice Mustang. Yeah, yeah. Nice Mustang, but it's it's a it's a fun little cruising Mustang. You know, it's not it's not a racing Mustang. You know. Um, but yeah, so those are my two GT3 stories, and uh, I got I got screwed by Porsche, and, and the, the first time I screwed myself. Not that it, any of these stories. And matter, romance but. by Ford. And so. romance by Ford. Yes, romance by yeah. Ford. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the first. God, that well, that was my first event. I'm trying to remember who, like, all the journalists that I saw and met there. I'm trying to remember, I can't remember all of them. It, there was like actual, real, live journalists there, and I was like, must must have been such a thrill <laughs> meeting, meeting journalists. <laughs> Well, at the time, it was you know it was a big deal. How so, many how many plates of breakfast can you eat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are stuffing their pockets with waffles and and bacon. Oh, yeah. you know, just of to, course. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. But that was my first experience to somebody telling me I don't know who it was. To this day, I've never seen them or heard of them again. But they were telling me that basically the the name of the game is get all the free shit you can, and just enjoy it. And I was like. That's the worst advice I've ever heard. That was the, it was that, the that's, worst. That's totally not the name of the game. <laughs> it yeah, was there was a, there was another guy from Kelly. Yeah, Blue but that's, Book. All, that's all. I mean, the people that like you know they they're 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 no longer in the business anymore. Right. But that's yeah, that's how they that's how they see it. It's just like how much free shit can I get rather than like I'm here to tell good stories about a car. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, a, another journalist yeah, yeah, yeah. from Kelly Blue Book that took me aside and was like, "Don't ever listen to him. Don't, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't Good. pay attention to that. You yeah. need to just you, you. Yes, it's fun to experience this, but they're they're going to try and get a great story out of you because it's free. You know, it's like just, yeah, yeah. You know, every, every everyone everyone bribes you the same way as we look at it, right? So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there we there we have it. Um, I don't think I have any other questions for you right now. I mean, what? Uh, That's all right. It's what been you, ninety minutes. I think, I think we've, we've we've covered a bunch. I was gonna say we've covered a bunch of random shit that uh, most of it means nothing to anybody. Um, but I think you should one hundred percent shave your beard into a mustache. I might. I might. I'm thinking about it. I might not. So don't uh, don't don't get excited either way. <laughs> you I'll actually, let you know. I shaved my my uh, I shaved to a mustache one time, and I did the I had like the mustache with the little flavor saver at the bottom because I thought. I'd, and you said uh-huh. you said on this is like 2014 2015. You said uh, save uh, shave that ugly shit under your under your lip, and you'll be fine. <laughs> hey, good advice. It I'm was all great about advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did shave it, and my girlfriend, who is now my wife, uh, still didn't yeah. like it, regardless. So, uh, well, you know, women. What do they know about mustaches? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's nothing. Anyway, so, uh, dude, thanks for sitting down, chatting. Um, yeah, yeah. It's Any, good to talk anytime. You know, look, the podcast yep, yep. is always open and and free. So, uh, anytime you want to chat, cool. let me know. Sounds good. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. Have a good All one. right, Josh. Yep. You too. Bye, right. bye, bye, bye. Bye. Well, and there you have it. Mr. Johnny Lieberman, once again on the Raw Podcast. It is kind of interesting. Um, you know, I, 
I'm out here in North Carolina. Most of the other big name journalists are out in LA or New York or Miami or Texas or Michigan or all over the country. Right. And it is kind of nice to, uh, to talk to people all over the country, all the other journalists that uh, I really don't get to, uh, hang out with or talk to very often unless it's on social media. Right. Um, but it is interesting because it, it, I remember starting, starting in this business or this industry and you, you feel very alone when you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're reading other people's content. Maybe they're reading yours. I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. Um, um, like for instance, I like Johnny a lot. I think he's a really, I think he's a great writer. I think he's a, a very nice guy, great guy. But if he read my stuff, you know, cool. If he doesn't completely fine. Uh, he could think I'm the shittiest writer in the world. Completely fine. You know, it doesn't doesn't really affect me one way or the other. Uh, I just enjoy being friendly with them and and you know building a that relationship, right? Um, but it is kind of interesting that I I never I don't think I ever thought that when I started Raw Autos and and got into the business that it would be um, you know a dozen years later. And that I would uh, be able to text or call somebody like Johnny Lieberman or Matt Farah, JF Musial, or um, uh, you know, a whole bevy of people in this industry that I really like and enjoy, and some of whom were inspirations to me. Right? You know, Johnny and uh, and Matt and JF, uh, Mike Spinelli, and um, and I'm working to try and get Matt and uh, and and Mike Spinelli on the show as well. Um, but it, it is, it is interesting where, you know, they always say, don't meet your heroes, but in the automotive industry, I completely disagree because I think the heroes, even if it's, even if somebody, it's not the greatest experience, you have a great story to tell. Um, and it's always fun. It's always entertaining. Right. And, uh, and I think Johnny is a very fun and entertaining guy. He's got obviously great stories as a, a storied career in this industry. Um, is very, very interesting and very funny, you know, person. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice because I'm out here on the East coast and don't see those guys. Obviously nobody, none of those guys are seeing each other right now. Right. But, uh, yeah, it is kind of, it is really kind of cool. It makes you feel good that, uh, you can shoot a text off to somebody, you know, like Johnny and, and, you know, have them on a podcast or just sit there and chat with them, you know, um, it's nice. And I hope you guys enjoyed that, uh, that conversation. Uh, there will be plenty more of those coming your way. Uh, once we start our second season or once I start the second season. Um, yeah. And it's, it's weird. Cause I think of, I say our second season, cause I kind of think, uh, you know, even though I'm the host and yeah, raw autos is my, is my baby. Um, I think of it as, is our thing, right? Everybody listening, everybody coming to the website. I think it's, it's an hour type of thing. Um, because it's for me, I own it. I, you know, I pay for the website and I write on the website, but for me, it's, it's all about, you know, us, the, the people that are making the world go round via raw autos or motor trend or car and driver. And, you know, I could say whatever I want on Raw Autos. I could say whatever I want on this podcast. But it's you guys that are actually listening. It's you guys that are actually reading and, and enjoying the content that makes everything go round. And so that's why I, I kind of lump all of us in together in this hour and we uh, type, of, type of thing. So 
I, I thought about that recently. Why I always say we and us, you know, follow us when there's only there's only me on Rollados, right? Um, uh, so occasionally my wife might write something, right? Uh, but you know, it's it's. I thought about that, and I thought, you know, it is a it is a we thing. It is an our thing because it's Rollados is just as much. Uh, well, not just as much yours as just mine, because then I'd have to share profits with you, and I don't want to do that. But then you'd have to pay for half of the website. Hmm, this could get interesting, huh? I don't know. Maybe I'll have to send out some paperwork to you all for reading Rollados and listening to the podcast, huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, of course, you know, once again, don't feel, or don't feel free. Jeez. Don't forget to like subscribe, comment, you know, all over social media with raw autos, go to the website, comment, you know, subscribe, like yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Uh, right, 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 right. And then, uh, comment Apple podcasts, Google play podcasts, you know, stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, all that good stuff. Um, leave bad comments, leave great comments. Feel free to email me, joshuaraudos.com, you know, and until next time, of course, of course I do this all the time. I never have, I just had the calendar open a few minutes ago and completely closed it. Uh, so next Monday is January, January, good Lord, uh, quarantine is really getting to you. Uh, July 13th, excuse me, will be the next episode of the Rawdos podcast. And just remember... As always, when you wake up on that sunny, bright Monday morning, put some of that good old-fashioned freeze-dried Folgers in your coffee cup and listen to the Rawdos Podcast. And as always, happy motoring.